Hello and welcome to Encounters with God, a podcast from Seven Vineyard, where we are looking at the Old Testament together and、uh, characters that we see there, and what we can learn from them、uh, and apply to our lives today. So today I'm talking to Bern Lecky. Hello, Bern. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you.、Uh, enjoying the summer and、uh, and the different pace of life. It is great, isn't it? I'm enjoying it too, and looking forward to chatting to you, Ben, about Daniel, who you spoke on yesterday. In fact,、um, love to just have a bit more time to probe into that story and、uh, explore areas that you didn't have time to cover massively yesterday. But maybe I could start just by asking you why you chose Daniel. Partly. Um, in the past, I've, I've I've looked at Daniel quite a bit as I've looked at how does God want to use us in workplaces, and and a few years ago I did quite a bit of study on this、uh, to try and sort of bridge my work life with my faith life and help other people do that as well. And Daniel seemed like a very good、uh, like example of someone in a workplace. Who was good at connecting with God, and and I realised doing that that actually, it wasn't so much about him、uh, trying to be godly and trying to be religious and trying to do all the right things that were work appropriate, as much as it was about God picking him up and using him, like in in God's own way, and then God's character sort of coming out of that,、um, and so I, I I had fond memories of doing that with other people and thinking. Yeah, this、uh, this feels like relevant for me still, and and good for sharing as well.、Um, I'd also,、uh, to be honest, made a bit of a mistake、uh, in that I'd, I'd done a lot of、uh, sort of thinking and praying about the idea of being used by God, and write a big stuff about about how、uh, how that might work、um, for me, like as a musician. And in somewhere in my head, I got Dave, David and Daniel mixed up. Uh, Daniel doesn't do a, Dan doesn't Daniel doesn't do a lot of songwriting. Well, he does do some some very good. There is a nice worship bit.、Uh, so I could have said David, but, <laughs> but a long said time going to David. But I said Daniel, <laughs> and then once it was, I was like, well, I was committed to Daniel now. That's you know, I can't change my mind. Yes, and Burn. One of the things I enjoyed so much was, I think you brought a bit of a different angle to the one that I've. Always heard about Daniel,、um, which was, you know, you really、uh, emphasised that it. That as we look at the story and reflect on what it means for us, it can't be about how great Daniel is. It's got to be about how amazing God is. And I,、hmm. I found that a really refreshing angle on it because there's a lot to admire about Daniel, at least on the surface.、Um, hmm. But what what was it for you that kind of Prompted that thought, and actually, let's steer away from thinking about how great he is, or how obedient he is, or whatever, and and try and shift the focus a bit. Well, that's a really good question because that's not what I thought at the start of preparing to talk about Daniel.、Uh, I don't know if you remember, like beginning the series,、um, Rebecca Kishtani did a, a, a introduced this this idea near the beginning of of, of how. Uh, if you try and name a hero in the Old Testament, it's really difficult.、Mm. And、uh, and and she said, "Well, what about Hannah?" And th- and that was a very good point because because Hannah was very kind of pure-hearted and and、uh, and went to 
meet and pray to God with a with, um, with a pure heart and a pure mind. And so that's that's you know that's really good. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, yeah, but what about Daniel? Because you know Daniel doesn't really put a foot wrong, does he? Daniel's Daniel's doing all the right things. Daniel looks amazing. I think I I, I think we'll compare him with some of the other ones and see how Daniel's just like a a better version of uh, of lots of other biblical characters. And um, and I remember we had a chat earlier on about Joseph, and oh. uh, and I and I remember thinking, yeah, when, when I'm going to do a Daniel versus Joseph, and we'll and we'll <laughs> stick them side by side, and we'll see who's best. Um, and the, so what changed my mind was having a th actually we watched a TV show, which seems very unrelated. Um, Channel Four, a program called The Undeclared War. It's a really interesting Ooh. what if sort of scenario. Okay. Um, it's almost kind of, it's like semi prophetic because it's set in the year 2024. And they imagine this future where uh, Britain's coming up to a general election and Boris Johnson's history, like he's gone. He was toast because uh, they couldn't stand him and they got rid of him a couple of years before. I think, interesting. <laughs> when did they write that? That's really that, you've got my attention, and, um, and and it's set in GCHQ, and Russia's kind of you know bombarding us with bots tweeting and retweeting things, and you think, well, why are they putting so much effort into that? You know, you know it goes on, but who cares? Like it couldn't really end up that serious, and they tell a story in which it goes from that to ah no but if that oh you're right if they did that and that and that at the same time and then if that happened oh <laughs> and and we could actually end up imagine this situation where we could actually end up being on the wrong end of a big big punch from from russia and not have any friends mm. and from that the idea just came to mind of is that a good way to talk about like what what it would be to be overrun by an opponent and then imagine if we were taken off into exile right maybe maybe russia would have a plan so i went a bit down this rabbit hole to be honest as i was, as I was preparing and then thinking yeah i can't really spend too long on this because because then you'd probably hate everyone in the story though wouldn't you i mean if you saw if, if we were ended up if you and your family ended up in siberia working down the salt mine and and and, and we imagine what it's like to be exiled and, and that's pretty much what happened to israel how would you feel about daniel how could Daniel look like a good guy? And that's when it hit me. I don't know how Israel would have seen Daniel at the time. Mm. So I did a bit more reading around and I did asking around to some some scholars and, and people who spent a bit more time with it. And they could, and they said, you're right. This thing of Daniel as a collaborator is a, is a tricky one. And yeah. they pointed me towards the fact that he then doesn't have the food as the thing that kind of gets him out of it and i was thinking yeah okay yeah that's a story but it's all a bit weak source isn't it i mean you know if if they knew this guy was a collaborator he wouldn't be famous for what food he hadn't hadn't eaten he would be famous for the fact that he was one of the leaders <laughs> in babylon and he was managing the country and, and 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 enabling the exile and 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 this would go on for years and years and years Who's going to care about what food he had? Like, the, the, really? Um, and, and, and then the idea struck me that maybe 
you were never meant to see Daniel, or from a, from a from a Jewish point of view, it would be very hard to see Daniel as a hero. Like you just couldn't buy that he was a hero. You had to, it had to be a story about God. Uh, unless it was a story about God, it didn't really seem like a good news story. Yeah, I really liked that kind of insight and uh, switch, I guess. And um, the other thing uh, really stood out to me was uh, when you talked about the role that Daniel had in helping to make the impossible possible for people. And uh, you talked about aspects of their lives and identity and connection with God when they were kind of in their own homeland that were then taken away from them when they went into this time of exile. Hmm. And you mentioned a few examples like the temple and the law um, and suggested that maybe part of Daniel's mission or purpose in that place that God had put him was to help other people rediscover their connection with God by maybe reimagining or rethinking what those different things were. Yeah. So could you say, say a little bit more about wh where that thought came from and and yeah. how, da how Daniel was able to achieve that? Yeah, so initially I was just looking at what was it? Like how, how did Daniel make himself useful to God? Like is there something that we could put our finger on that we could do as well or we could be inspired by but i don't know i think then maybe like the circumstances seemed very specific <laughs> like uh, and and there is sometimes there is a bit of a sort of a christian view on well yeah exile we're in exile you know because the kingdom jesus brought the kingdom in but we haven't yet seen it to completion so we could see ourselves as exiles and there's a bit of a theme of that in some of paul's writing but uh, it, it struck me like I, I just had the feeling there was something more kind of foundational going on in, in, in Daniel's story, if it's a story about God uh, rather than just a story about Daniel. Now, in some of the rest of the Bible, and particularly in the prophecies, um, you, there is this um, enormous amount of wrestling going on as Israel's trying to make the best of their religion. They're trying, they're trying really hard with religious stuff. And, and they keep seeing that these things that God's kind of told them to do, they either aren't able to do them properly or they've mixed them in with other things or just something's not quite working. And, and where it comes through in the prophecies is it's, it's not that they failed to turn up to the religious ceremonies. It's more that the lives that they're living, they're not looking after the poor. You know, they're not, um, they're, they're not seeing that there's justice in, in society. And there, there are big things going on that the prophets start to point to. Well, look, this law is going to have to move from being written in books to being somewhere else. Um, I think Ezekiel and Jeremiah both, both get into this idea of the law going to be written on our hearts so that it will come naturally to us. Like what God wants will be what we want. Um, and the idea of, uh, I, I guess, sometimes... If you're used to doing things a certain way, um, like especially religiously, if you're used to turning up to church every week, you know, then then that's that you can get the sense that this is what church is, this is what faith life is, and it's not until you have to stop doing that that you then look at it from a different angle and you go, huh? Oh, so what would we do if we couldn't meet every week? 
what would we do if we you know weirdly we've just been through a bit of that um which would have been hard to imagine although i didn't didn't make a big deal out of that but because because i think god's been trying to make this point for a very long time um to try and move people away from the the feeling that everything that he wanted them to do was done by turning up and ticking boxes in religious duties yeah and and needed to be replaced by something much more vibrant and much more uh you know life bringing and maybe more holistic in in who we are informing how we how we see the world informing what we choose to do um that's a really massive theme and we could talk about that all day um and 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 i just started to wonder can we see this specifically in daniel if this is a story about what god's doing and i looked at these really impossible situations i thought this seemed like a good way to look at it um where is the law operating where is the temp where do you see god's presence and and where is their temple-like activity where is the sacrifice being made and and then each one of those things is like, actually yes this the, there seems to be something pretty clear going on in each one of these examples it seemed like a good example of how of how what god promised and pointed to was actually coming to fruition in daniel and hopefully we could see that clearly enough to to also relate to it because we also see it going on in Jesus and we also hopefully see it going on in us. Yes, but it, the examples that you gave, if I remember correctly, they do take a little bit of a step, don't they, in terms of thinking mm. um, where do we see the law at work or where do we see the presence of God in Daniel's life? Yeah. And... Uh, the idea that the, the law of love actually was at work in mm. Daniel in the way that he re- related to the people around him, the people yes. even that he was making this request of for different food or special food, yeah. but, but that he did it in a way that was not particularly showy, not particularly judgmental yeah. of what others were eating. And yeah. that actually that was the, the law at work, the law of love at work. Yeah, I think so. I think I wanted to draw that out because because it felt like a progression from from other characters and other situations earlier in the Old Testament. You know, God was glorified through doing things maybe differently or when when things needed to move around a lot. But but I I always get the sense when I read those things now that a lot of stories in the Old Testament I don't think are meant to be like the end point. There's a thing that God's doing through history to bring us back into a state of really good relationship with him and with each other and and wherever you sort of plonk down in the old testament there are there are there are bits about it that will seem really glorious but there are probably also bits that seem yeah but what but that doesn't seem very loving or oh that doesn't feel like yeah and in those bits i think it's tempting for us then to try and become the judges and like like, and you know and and the the evangelical response to that is don't try and judge god you know just just accept it well sure but i think there's a spiritual way of looking at these as well which is to say actually i'm going to recognize that this wasn't the end point in the story that god's telling so for example this desire that prophets had if they and the ability that god gave them if they were the real prophets to to smack the righteously smack the false prophets right and want to see them doomed and ended um yes you see that in the old testament but it struck me as very remarkable that that's not what daniel wanted like daniel 
comes at it in a different spirit. Um, I relate to in life, and re- I relate to this idea that if we're worried about our re- losing our ability to worship or pray or something like that in a yeah in, in a in a public setting, lots of people get very angsty about this, and and then that puts us sometimes into campaigny mode, and arguey mode. <laughs> And, and I wonder how much of that is helpful. And I wonder how much of that is really more about our insecurities than anything else. And of course we have insecurities. But I think the story that, that's being told through Daniel's life is about security in God and how actually, uh, you know, he didn't have arguments with people about, well, you know, how many... I want to go off and make sacrifices to my God then. You know, I want to go... We've got to, you're going to have this, this meat. Well, we're going to cook some lamb you know and and offer it. no that wasn't that wasn't a possibility for him but but the way he approached the difficulty was in such a loving way and it was in such a gracious way and it was a such a and, and to me that spoke about the strength of his faith and the strength of his the security of his sort of relationship with god and and, and i must i must admit i look at that and go oh i wish i had that <laughs> you know mm. i wish i was that secure about it whenever i get into a talk about someone about how their faith is says this and my faith says that and it's different you know sometimes that feels like a difficult conversation for daniel it strikes me as like well he seems to have taken it all in his stride and just trusted that god was going to show up and do his thing um, and then people would notice i love it yeah and i think you're very good Bernard. um identifying and challenging when we do tend towards a bit more of a judgy posture on things or rule orientation um and i think that came across just then as you were talking about that that kind of coming in the opposite spirit so where where does that come from for you do you think how do you kind of correct yourself because i think it's probably in all of us that as we seek to live well or do the right things um listen to god and then we see other people doing things a bit differently. Hmm. Very, very easy and human to kind of make some judgment on that. Yeah. How do you kind of correct yourself in that and spot it? I don't know if I do. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I do. Um, I, I don't, I, I, it's a big bag of, of, of I don't know. What I know is that in the circumstance we're in, let's say in, in, our, um, you know, in our community, um, our neighbours have all sorts of different ideas about whether or not there's God, and uh, and, and and if there is, you know, what what which God <laughs> and who it is. Same in the family, uh, and very much in our school as well. Um, our school's majority Muslim, and um, I'm a I'm a governor in the school, and and I, and I don't, you know, I I want to be used by God in that setting. Um, to just to improve the school you know to make sure the school's a really good school um it, it's never struck me as you know i'm here so that we can convert people from one religion to another <laughs> you know or get into lots of arguments about who's right or who's best um and i wonder uh, you know where at what point is there are there going to be you know more um like sharper conversation sometimes or when someone might ask me in 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 the 
in the in the New Testament language of you know always be prepared to give a ro- uh, to give a reason someone asks when they, you know, when they ask about you know why why do you have hope in your heart well come and ask <laughs> you know but I, um but but that's what I'm I, I feel that I'm there and, and and I want to be uh sort of influential in the culture without um sort of expressing a whole load of angst about oh but you guys you know you'll believe in the wrong things or something like that you know um it's not how i feel um i i i'm feeling that that god's at work in a really broad sense beyond my understanding um i i, I very much feel that jesus is 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 the pattern that through which i can i can understand god i don't know how much um other people understand god if they haven't seen jesus the same way i just know that if someone asks me about jesus and someone asks me about my faith i very very much like to encourage them uh to 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 get a view on who he is and and uh and what he's done and and, mm. and come to terms with what that means uh i think it's very difficult to look at jesus in the light of day and and and, and take jesus seriously and then not take faith seriously does that make sense yeah, it does. It does. And let, let's make that link from the story of Daniel across to Jesus, because hmm. you said um, another aspect of Daniel's kind of purpose in making the impossible possible for people was um, about sacrifice and about uh, in some way in his responses to people or even when he got to interpret uh, the king's dream in the most mm. kind of remarkable, unbelievable fashion, really, mm. and yet didn't take the credit that in some way he, he kind of gave up some of his own self-interest in in actually giving the glory to God for that. So tell us how you see that kind of link. You, you talked about him being almost like a prototype of Jesus, but paint that picture a bit more for us or what the connection is. It's always felt like a passion for me, like a like a really important principle of work um, to 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 take seriously crediting our sources. Um, I, I I came to a view um, in in the nineties. I was trying to get into the media industries, and I noticed how it seemed to me like there were two different kinds of workplaces. Um, one kind of workplace where everyone competed for credits. Like if someone, if an idea came up that was a good idea, people would want to own it for themselves, get the credit for it, get more work as a result or whatever. And uh, and I heard horror stories about offices where people would just hang around near the fax machines, <laughs> fax machines. This was the, the 90s, uh, waiting for ideas and story leads and things to come through so they could grab them for themselves. And that always struck me as like my idea of hell like working in an office like that and 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 i discovered there was another way of working where people were were much happier to credit each other for things going on and and what, one of the upsides of that is it takes some of the stress away and then another upside is that when things go wrong instead of everyone trying to blame each other which is the, to the flip side of, of competing for credit is like trying to pin the blame on people um just how much more you could get done if 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 actually people stepped forward to take responsibility when something went wrong 
and 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 were generous at dishing out credit when things went right and it's like this is just a much better way of life and that became kind of like my my golden rule when i when i had any responsibility for kind of working out how an office worked uh, mm. and, and working with other people it's like this is the thing i'm going to require of people anyone who wants to work for me is, is always credit your sources I couldn't work out quite why I was so passionate about that until I made the connection with with God, <laughs> which was sort of like separately almost. It's like, oh yeah, I think God really wants that from us as well. Um, I think there's something about life in general where crediting and um, it, it crossed my mind at times. Why does God want to be worshipped? Has it never struck you as odd that that God wants worship from people, like? isn't he big <laughs> does he need his ego massaged what no and that's that would be reducing god to a human level and then you, you either then look at that as like a big you know put it in the big pool of mystery well we'll never know but god just says he wants worship so let's do it or i think no actually there's some there's a real there's a principle here when we credit god that's just a healthy position to be in uh, if, if a healthy workplace comes from people crediting their sources yeah maybe that's a healthy life as well and 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 the benefits that come from crediting god and worshiping god aren't just that god you know, it's not so much that god feels better about it it's more that we're connected well and when something good happens it doesn't end with us and a break with us it, it people more people get to see the connection more people get to see the source i think one of the reasons why god really loves us to worship partly so that we'll we'll learn more about him we'll share his heart but also so that other people can 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 see that as well and and so when that then comes up in a story for me um and and, and crediting god and crediting his sources and 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 being able to say no look i didn't do this uh, when daniel says about prophecy and dream interpretation i cannot do this um partly he's being honest but also that is what's making the impossible possible because it's then he's in good relationship with god and god can just pick him up and do whatever he wants with him mm. um and, and 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 i just think it's so interesting that bit of the story where i think nebuchadnezzar's absolute a very sharp guy who, who who's absolutely right to say if you want to interpret my dream if you've got power to do this tell me what my dream was first and and how outrageous that is to all the magicians like, no, no no that's not how it works yeah. and and for daniel to step in and 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 first of all he he realized he he can't do it either i think that's i think that's the key like if anyone wants to practice prophecy or dream interpretation which we can actually do in our in our lives now i know people who do this and the very first thing we have to say to ourselves and each other is this is impossible. It's not difficult. It's impossible. So, Ooh. come come down from expecting that it was possible. Come down that you know, trying to do a, like a showbiz thing on it, or try and read people or whatever. Nah, that's that's all nonsense. It's impossible for us. Give God the credit. Then let God speak to you. Get used to hearing God's voice. If if you can just listen to what God's saying and faithfully pass it on, you'll end yeah. up doing things that you thought were impossible, and that happened. That's happened multiple times for me. Um, there was a time when Helen and I got invited to a Christian conference in Norway. 
very exciting. We're Whoa. going to be at a conference. We're going to be speakers at a conference. What do you want us to talk about? And they and they wanted us to um, to talk about healing and demonstrate some healing. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I, might, I, might, uh, I might have been busy on that particular weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, we because we'd met uh, someone in the vineyard uh, who who taught us about healing on the streets. Um, Mark Mark talks, taught us all about it. So they so they were fully expecting that we could just come and and uh, and and do it for them. I was like, um. I, well, uh, I don't know. It might not work. What if it doesn't work? Uh, uh, we haven't practiced this as a ministry. We haven't been called to this as a ministry. Uh, I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem possible. Um, and it's, oh, and why are you asking? Because you talk about prophecy. <laughs> well, I'm not. I don't consider myself a prophet, so no. Uh, but uh, and they said, okay. Well, well, we'll have a think. We'll have a think. And they and they came back a week later. and Said no, no. We prayed about it. God really wants you to come. We we we're, we're happy to say that if you're coming god says come come along and and talk about this okay so we got on the plane (laughs) got got out of this conference going go you know we'd read a bit about we had a few bible verses and things in mind but it was like well this 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 doesn't really feel like possible but let's see what happens and we're there on the on the first night they're all gathering and and then people are going to come up to us for ministry and receive prophetic words and um the one thing that we didn't expect do you know what language they speak in Norway? Norwegian? Norwegian, yeah, it turns out. Not English. Surprise. Well, they do speak English, but when, <laughs> but when, but when they feel most comfy when they're speaking Norwegian. And do you know how much Norwegian we knew? None. Z- zero. None at all. <laughs> um, so, so basically, so a guy comes up to me uh, looking for, like, like wants God to, to, to speak to him uh with a word and uh and he and he asked me in norwegian i haven't got a clue what he's talking about um so and also i can't really hear him very well because the band's playing really loud and so i just start praying <laughs> like like a prayer like whatever comes into my head i was just like like this sounds like a really general i'm gonna ask god and i'm gonna say say something out loud and um and and, and, I, and I can't even remember what it was that i prayed but the the guy just started to look like like something had really grabbed his attention um and i didn't know what was going on so i had to pause and then i said and then something else came to mind i just said something else and i'm thinking well you know i hope it, hope this isn't too awkward you know and and then the guy started crying um i, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on here uh and, and i said one more thing that just just felt like a like the thing that I needed to say to try and draw this really awkward situation to some sort of uh, like not disastrous conclusion, so he wouldn't lose his faith or something. And then he and then he just came up to me and just said, "Tusentak." You might you might have said that that's the one bit of Norwegian I remember now, um, or you might have just said, "Thank you very much." And the next morning, he it turned out he was one of the leaders of the conference, which I didn't oh. know, and he was introducing our seminars. And uh, and he said, and now you should really go to this seminar because <laughs> these guys they're the real deal. He says, what, what? He says, because what happened last night? He said, he said, I wanted a word from God, and I asked God the question, and I, and I and I and I said, I'm going to speak in Norwegian, and I'm going to speak to God privately in my head. And he said, and every time I did that, God, God gave him an answer, and it came out of his mouth. 
And I said, wow. And I know that he didn't talk. And, and I know that when I when, and when I was just quiet and I asked God what I needed to, you know, to tell me something and answer my question, he answered it specifically right there and then. Wow. And he says, so, so yeah, these guys. Are, and I think, wow. Well, look, um, credit. Can I, should I, can I go back and take some credit for that? Because that sounds really good. I would definitely book me again. Uh, <laughs> but but I know, and you know, listening to this, that um, that wasn't me. That was God. That was God. God does that. God can do that. And sometimes the the time when we notice it the most is when we know it couldn't have happened any other way. Mm. And, and and I think that's that's the beauty of finding impossible situations mm. uh, is, is that yeah when God works through them you end up crediting God and uh, and that's what happened oh and pe- also people came for healing and got healed <laughs> and some kids started praying for their teachers uh, who who'd only just heard about this as an idea and they got healed so uh, uh, we're not taking any credit. Um, you know, it's just good being in places where God moves, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. That, sounds, that sounds like a wonderful experience and <laughs> wonderful that you are so confident that it wasn't you <laughs> doing that oh, good stuff. I have no uh, basis for saying it was me at all. No, exactly, no. yeah. No, so yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And I guess that therefore when it comes up in the story of Daniel and he gives God credit, you would say, of course he would give God credit. Yeah. So, Bern, just as we wrap up, um, were there any thoughts that have kind of stayed with you? Maybe a closing thought you can leave us with today uh, that that has impacted you from looking at this story? Yeah, I, I actually, I think I moved my closing thought up, up to the beginning when I realised how excited I was about it, actually. Um, this, the, the idea that I think it's God's favourite thing uh, to make the impossible possible. But there's this kind of... I think sometimes we get, sometimes we look at it as um, wanting God to make the impossible possible for us, and that's one side of things. I think God really does love that. I said it was. I thought it was God's second favourite thing, um, and part of that is because if that's all we concentrate on, we end up with all sorts of like a weird sort of like half truth about God and a half truth about who we are and what we're capable of as well. It can even turn into like, you know, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to pray a prayer and trust that God's going to sort it out. And if I have faith, I'll never go hungry sort of thing. A kind of weird sort of prosperity gospel sort of thing. It comes from only think, only focusing on the what God can do for us. But I think God's much, much more excited. His absolute favourite thing is to do things with us. Not, I don't just mean like, you know, alongside us, but I mean to use us for things for which we have to then put ourselves under his authority. We have to make ourselves ready. We have to create some space um, so that he can prompt us and we can go, OK, yes, I'll do that. Uh, and we can move into that situation like the conference that we that talked about. You know, we had to go, well, we're not feeling very good about this. We, and we could feel incredibly embarrassed, but we're going to get on the plane and, and we're going to turn up. And then and then and then I think God can do something with us. I think that's absolutely what God loves doing with us the most. And that puts us in a very different state of mind. Well, as soon as we've experienced that and we're sure that the, the, we remember that God does that, I, I, I find that gives us a sense of purpose. 
it gives us a sense that that's what real faith is it's not not an abstract idea anymore it's our experience of oh yeah god did this you know god said do this and this happened and oh yeah that worked out and that helped blah 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 and whatever you know we've of course we feel great about that and we should and i think that's just basically that's the life that god's calling us into Mm. um why would we want anything less than that why would we just want to sort of pray for things to come in to satisfy (laughs) what we think we need when actually we can pray to be the answer to someone else's prayer maybe at the same time now that's not always comfy um and and i'm realizing just saying it how if god (laughs) <laughs> looks at this and go if when god listens to the podcast and goes <laughs> and goes hey i think burn might have been serious about that let's give him an opportunity to do that oh, i'm gonna well, f- i'm gonna feel really bad i'm gonna feel really <laughs> really uncomfortable uh, but god thanks thanks for listening uh we know you're a regular listener you're one of our half a dozen subscribers and uh <laughs> and and uh, god i really really love it when you use us when you do things with us and i want to pray um that god does that a lot more with me with our family uh, with seven and uh, and with other people that we know that's right burn thank you so much for all of those thoughts and for sharing them with us and thank you to everyone listening uh, we we'll hope you'll join us for a future episode as well <laughs>